Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. Thank you, Dwayne. Hi, everybody. Hello. Happy New Year. I said it first. See, see I did that. I jumped into it. Well, it's not New Year's Day. It's January 2nd. I know. January 2nd. We are um, recording and jumping into a new reading plan for the new year. Some of you might be like, what? We didn't finish. Um, That's okay. We're going to jump around. The Word of God is here. We're going to be going through our whole lives. So follow along. But we are going to do a new plan. I'm going to say it totally wrong. An 19th century Scotsman. Um, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. What's his name? Um, it's, I want to say McCain. And it's M apostrophe C-H-E-Y-N. Yeah, McCain, uh, C-H-E-Y-N-E. And he was a pastor. And he, only, he was only 30 years old when he passed away. But he devised this reading plan. And a lot of people over the, over the last 100 plus years have used it. And at our church, it's actually one of the plans our church is um, promoting for us to be part of. They're going through four different plans. This one we like because it's New Testament, Old Testament, and Psalms. So we will get through the whole Bible uh, as we read this every day. We're not going to record every day. So we might, today's recording um, won't be chronologically exact to the next recording. A few days will have skipped, so uh, I will um, maybe I'll maybe I'll put a link to the the plan we're using if anybody wants to use it. But we we're starting it today. Oh, we now. are, we are, we're starting it. So instead of doing a January first start, every Bible plan starts on Genesis one and Matthew one, and like Psalms one or something like that. But we've covered. Uh, a lot of the Old Testament um, in previous recordings, previous podcasts. And so we decided to take a jump and start from June 1st. And in this case, for our church, it's um, reading number 180. That's where I'm starting from. And it's Judges, I'm sorry, it's Joshua chapter 1, Psalm 120, <coughs> 120 121, and 122. Um, now I've totally forgotten what the next uh, New Testament reading is. Uh, Matthew, I believe. We're going to read Jeremiah. So we'll I'll announce this as we get to him. But we are definitely uh, moving into some familiar ground and some unfamiliar ground. How do you feel about that, babe? Sounds good. I have a little quote from him. Oh, please do. Um, one of McCain. Let's go McCain. I think it's McCain. S-C-H. I know, but I'm just saying. It's Scottish. Anyway. You're the Scottish pro here. One of his abiding concerns was to encourage his people and himself to read the Bible. To one young, to one young man, he wrote, You read your Bible, your Bible regularly, of course, but do try and understand it, and still more to feel it. Read more parts than one at a time. For example, if you're reading Genesis, read a psalm also. Or if you're reading Matthew, read a small bit of an epistle also. Turn the Bible into prayer. Mm. Thus, if you're reading the first psalm, spread the Bible on the chair before you and kneel and pray, O Lord, give me the blessedness of the man. Let me not stand in the counsel of the ungodly. This is the best way of knowing the meaning of the Bible and of learning to pray. 
Ooh, that's beautiful. I think I might like this. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, they published um, one of his friends or somebody. Yeah, his friend and colleague in ministry, Andrew Bonar, collected mm-hmm. some of his letters, messages, and miscellaneous papers and published them along with a brief biography in, 19, in 1844 as Robert Murray, whatever, Memoir and <laughs> Remains. It's been ri- widely recognized as one of the great spiritual classics. This is I new to me. I think we might need to geek out and read it. Going to have to do that. So we're actually going to do a little bonus tonight. Um, we're going to read two readings tonight. And so uh, then our next recording won't be as um, long on the reading part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to do Joshua chapter 1 and chapter 2 tonight. Yep. We're going to read Psalm 120 through 125. Sounds like a lot, but they're short. Isaiah 61 and 62. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew... Um, and I'm forgetting the chapter offhand. So that's what we're reading tonight. A little bit long, but you know what, guys? This is a new year, and I know a lot of you are looking for new Bible plans to read and new encouragement in your faith. Be part of it with us. I'm also shifting up a little bit. I'm not going to use Lexum for a while. I'm going to use my TLV that we uh, we found. People might not, might not know. So, that y'all, is. I'm reading. Um, it's called the Tree, <coughs> Tree of Life version, and this is a... Um, uh, a messianic um, study of Old Testament stuff and scripture stuff. Uh, it's got, so it's got a richness to Hebrew in terms of translation and names. It's not a study Bible. It's just a reading Bible. And so any study notes are going to come out of the net over here to my right from the bride. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to, um, I just wanted to mix it up. It's kind of, it's definitely contemporary, easy understanding English. Um, I might trip my tongue over a Hebrew word every now and again. Again, I'm reading the Tree of Life Family Bible and Joshua. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you're just going to ge- geek out on him, aren't you? Later, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with McCain. I'm going to put my money on McCain. He was born in Edinburgh. Yeah. He went I to lived sc- there. He went to school there. You might have even walked in the same place he And walked. he went to the University of Edinburgh. And what, I walked by that. Look at that. Okay. All right, I'll stop. I'll She's stop. geeking out, guys. She loves Scotland. Oh, how is it pronounced? Here you go. Oh, McShane. McShane. I was close. I was close. McShane. Hey, is that They're how you see it? They don't do it that way anymore. McShane. Anyway. All right. There we go. Okay, so we're gonna do it. Let's open up okay. our year with the word of prayer. Yep. And um, a heavy reading tonight. Father, we are grateful for your word, and we're grateful that there have been men and women uh, for centuries before us who have fought bravely to make sure that we could read this today. We are grateful that you have made it available to us through the work of Martin Luther and the Wittenberg Press, through the work of so many others, the Navigators and um, Tyndale, and just over and over these men and women that have traversed for your word thank you for letting us have it to to read to be encouraged to understand to gain wisdom and uh, for those who are listening now for the first time or the the hundredth time i pray they'd be encouraged as well as they read your word as they participate in growing in their faith uh, for 2023 bless you lord god in jesus name amen all right here we go y'all joshua chapter one Now it came about after the death of Moses, 
the servant of Adonai, that Adonai spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, saying, My servant Moses is dead. So now arise, you and all these people. Cross over this Jordan to the land that I am giving to them, to Ben, see this where I'll hit it, Benel Yisrael. Every place in which the sole of your foot treads, I'm giving to you as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Chazak, be strong, for you will lead your people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be very strong and resolute to observe diligently the Torah, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the Torah will not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? Chazak, be strong. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for Adonai your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officials of the people, saying, Go through the camp and charge the people, saying, Prepare provisions, and within three days you will be crossing over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which Adonai your God is giving you to possess it. Then Joshua spoke to the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, saying, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of Adonai, commanded you, saying, Adonai your God has given you rest. And has assigned to you this land, your wives and your little ones, your cattle will remain in this land, which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you will cross over before your brothers armed, all the mighty men of valor, and you will help them until Adonai gives your brothers rest, as he has given you. And they also possess the land that Adonai your God is giving them. Then you will return to the land of your inheritance and possess what Moses, the servant of Adonai, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, saying, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all the things, so we will obey you. Only may Adonai, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Wherever, sorry, whoever rebels against your command and does not obey your words, in all that you command them, he will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Chapter 2. Any comments, questions, commentaries? No, I just, we read this before and I'm, yeah. bleeding heart's going to come out a little bit. <clears throat> I forgot. She doesn't like the killing part too much? Yeah, but I like that they encouraged Joshua right back, that they were like, be strong and brave and... They say that they'll listen to him. It's cool. Sin's intense and has an intense justice. Yeah. Which we find throughout scripture. So here we go. Chapter 2, Rahab's faith. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out two spies from Shittim, saying, Go explore the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and they stayed there. 
the king of Jericho was told, some men from Benai Israel, sorry guys, from the house of Israel, have just come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who came to you, who entered your house, for they have come to spy out all the land. But the women took the two men and hid them and said, Yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. So when it was time to shut the gate at dark, the men went out, and I don't know where they went. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax that she had spread out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof. She said to the men, I know that Adonai has given you the land. Dread of you has fallen on us and all the inhabitants of the land are melting in fear before you. For we have heard how Adonai dried up the water of the, Red, the Sea of Reeds, or the Red Sea, before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were all beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard about it, our hearts melted, and no spirit remained any more in anyone because of you. For Adonai, your God, he is God, in heaven above and on earth below. So now please swear to me by Adonai, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with my father's house. Give me a true sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them, and save our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours, if you don't report this business of ours. Then it will be when Adonai gives us the land that we will deal kindly and loyalty with you. So she lowered them down by a rope through the window, for her house was in the wall. She was living in the wall. Then she said to them, Go to the hill country, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there for three days, until the pursuers return. Afterward, you may go your way. Then the men said to her, We will be released from the oath that you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land you tie this line of scarlet thread in the window through which you lowered us down and gather to yourself in the house, your father, mother, brothers, all your father's household. Whoever goes out of the doors of your house and into the street, his blood will be on his head. and We will be innocent, but whoever's with you in the house, his blood will be on our head if any hand is laid on him. But if you divulge this business of ours, then we will be released from our oath and you have made us swear by so she said, according to your word, so be it. Then she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. Then they departed and came to the hill country. They stayed there for three days until the pursuers returned. Now the pursuers had looked for them all along the road, but had not found them. Then the two men returned, came down from the hill country, crossed over, and came to Joshua, son of Nun. They reported, the, they reported to him all that had befallen them. Surely Adonai has given all the land into our hands, they said to Joshua. Indeed, all the inhabitants of the land have melted in fear before us. It's <coughs> a lot. Mine says, all who live in the land are cringing before us. Cringe. It's cringeworthy. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's really powerful. And there's a, the wonderful connection 
that we have in Matthew mm-hmm. with Rahab in the in the very genealogy of Christ. Spoiler alert, they're related. You might want to and, go read Matthew 1. And God used a woman to accomplish his task. Ma- uh, not just a woman. Prostitute. Yep. So sometimes uh, <clears throat> we must be well aware that God will use anybody to accomplish his mm-hmm. task. So now flip with us. You notice we're, we're both turning pages, y'all. I got a little jealous maybe. I don't know. Psalm 120 through 125. All are brief. So these are psalms of praise. Am I reading these? I don't know. Um, we haven't really do, talked about. Do you want to read all of them? I don't know. Go for it. Okay. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. I said, O Lord, rescue me from those who lie with their lips and from those who deceive with their tongues. How will he severely punish you, you deceptive talker? Here's how. With the sharp arrows of warriors, with arrowheads forged over the hot coals. How miserable I am, for I have lived temporarily in Meshach. I have resided among the tents of Kedar. For too long I have had to reside with those who hate peace. I am committed to peace, but when I speak, they want to make war. Mm. Seeing if I have any amazing notes. I I have a little... Go ahead. Just summary. The genre and structure of this psalm are uncertain. It begins like a Thanksgiving psalm with a brief notice that God has heard the psalmist's prayer for help and has intervened. The verse 2 is a petition for help, followed by a taunt directed towards enemies and and a lament. Perhaps verses 2 through 7 recall the psalmist's prayer when he cried out to the Lord. Mm. Just a little short little different. Okay. And then Meshach was located. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was located in central Antola, Antolia, Anatolia. Goodness gracious. Modern Turkey. Kedar was located mm. in the desert to east southeast of Israel. Because of the reference to Kedar, it's possible that Psalm 120, verse 5, refers to a different Meshach, perhaps one associated with the individual mentioned as a descendant of Aram in 1 Chronicles. Mm, okay. Anyway, okay, Psalm 121, about to read. This psalm affirms that the Lord protects his people Israel. Unless the psalmist addresses an observer, note that the second person singular forms in verses 3 through 8. It appears that there are two or three speakers represented in the psalm, depending on how one takes verse 3. The the translation assumes that that speaker 1 talks in verses 1 through 2. The speaker 2 responds to him with a prayer in verse 3. And that speaker 3 responds with words of assurance in verses 4 through 8. If the verbs in verse 3 are taken as a rhetorical use of the justive, justive? then there are two speakers. Verses 3 through 8 are speaker 2's response to the words of speaker 1. Okay. I think we need to sing the first verse. I look my my eyes up. up. To the the mountains, mountains. where Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of my soul. It's been a while since I've sung that song, man. Go Vineyard. It's back in the day. I look up toward the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. May he not allow your foot to slip. May your protector not sleep. 
Look, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. That's good. I, I like this one. Um, my verse 8 says, Adam and I watch over your coming and your going. Mm, I like that. Your ins and your outs. <clears throat> Okay. 122. 122. Uh, my little note here. The psalmist expresses his love for Jerusalem and promises to pray for the city's security. I was glad because they said to me, we will go to the Lord's temple. Our feet are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city designed to accommodate an assembly. The tribes go up there, the tribes of the Lord, where it is required that Israel give thanks to the name of the Lord. Indeed, the leaders sit there on thrones and make legal decisions. On the thrones of the house of David, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love her prosper. May there be peace inside your defenses and prosperity inside your fortresses. For the sake of my brothers and my neighbors, I will say, may there be peace in you. For the sake of the temple of the Lord, our God, I will pray for you to prosper. That's a good prayer to pray over people. Yeah. As, as machine would, whatever. <laughs> machine. Machine. As he would instruct, that that's a really beautiful prayer. Um, and then Psalm 23, the psalmist yes. speaking for God's people acknowledges his dependence on God in the midst of a crisis. I look up toward you, the one enthroned in heaven. Look as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female servant look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes will look to the Lord, our God, until he shows us favor. Show us favor, O Lord, show us favor. For we have had our fill of humiliation, and then some. We have had our fill of the taunts of the self-assured, of the contempt of the proud. Mm. In 124 and 125. Yeah, I was just seeing if I had any notes. Okay, Psalm 124. Israel acknowledges that the Lord delivered them from certain disaster. I like the title of mine. says, Had He Not Been on Our Side. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say this. If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger raged against us, the water would have overpowered us. The current would have overwhelmed us. The raging water would have overwhelmed us. The Lord deserves praise, for he did not hand us over as prey to their teeth. We escaped with our lives like a bird from a hunter's snare. The snare broke and we escaped. Our deliverer is the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. Mm. Psalm 125 Mm -hmm. the psalmist affirms his confidence in the Lord's protection and justice those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved and will endure forever as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people now and forevermore indeed the scepter of a wicked king will not settle upon the allotted land of the godly otherwise the godly might do what is wrong Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to the morally upright. As for those who are bent on traveling a sinful path, may the Lord remove them along with those who behave wickedly. May Israel experience peace. Those are very encouraging. 124 was definitely a song about the um, Exodus. Yeah, I was thinking that. Timely that we are in Joshua going for it. Let's see. I am trying to find... Isaiah 61. There it is. 
So if, you'll, if you've been following us, you'll know that we were in Isaiah in our previous reading um, in the late 50s chapters. Um, but this reading is taking us into 61. So we're just going to... 61 and 62? Is that right? Uh, yes, 61 and 62. So we're going to take it from there and move forward. And then um, you're going to take them. Oh! What? 61 is yeah. really cool. Okay. This She's excited. Is, well, this... You know this. I know. This is how Jesus yes. started his ministry. Exactly. That's awesome. When Jesus sits down in the temple and he calls for the scroll. And they all would have known this. They Every all, one of them. They would have been like, oh, snap. Is, is, is he saying what? what? Oh, he did not. That's what they were. Yeah, they were mad. Some got excited. Some of them were Some like, got confused. Some and were the like, Pharisees were furious. Because they'd heard about this guy coming for a long time. Yeah. I would imagine some of those Pharisees are actually adding up that Jesus is Messiah, but this is not how it was supposed to go. Right. Because human nature would tell me that some of them are smart enough to tie into it, but they did not want to give up their earthly kingdom. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. 61. So be encouraged, y'all. Here we go. Psalm, I'm sorry, Isaiah 61. The Ruach of Adonai Elohim is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because Adonai has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, that he may be glorified. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore former desolations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and shepherd your flocks. Children of foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you will be called the Kohanim of Adonai, the priests of Adonai. You will speak, they will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations and boast in their abundance. Instead of your shame, double portion, instead of disgrace, they will sing for joy. Therefore, in their land, they will inherit a double portion. They will have everlasting joy. For I, Adonai, love justice. I hate robbery in the burnt offering. In faithfulness, I will reward my people and cut an eternal covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations, their descendants among the peoples. All who see them will recognize them, for they are the seed that Adonai has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in Adonai. My soul will be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness like a bridegroom wearing a priestly turban, like a bride adorning herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes things sown to spring up, to Adonai Elohim will cause justice and praise to spring up before all the nations." I just have one little thing. Oh, go for it. <clears throat> that I just noticed because I always heard it, verse one. Yeah. Um. Um. To bind the brokenhearted. 
Okay. And I never really thought, I just, I just never really thought about what it meant. So mine is a little bit different. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor to help the brokenhearted. And I just looked at, there's a little note in here and it mm-hmm. says to bind up and it means the wound. So it's almost like to bandage. That's how I've always seen it that way. Yeah, I never did. My imagination always picture like a battlefield warrior dressed, you know, mm-hmm. look, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, like almost like a triage bandage. It's not like a surgical yeah. bandage. To nurse. To nurse. The broken hearted. Come on, bride. It's like nurse and bandage up their broken heart. It's just really. It's beautiful. Yeah. It just makes you kind of slow down to read it. He does not leave any person untouched in this description. You have, you have physically hurt. You have socially hurt. Financially hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. In every single way that some human being could be completely maligned, he covers them. And it's a beautiful thing. And he is talking to Israel when, he, when Jesus calls for that scroll. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just not enough. It's not, that's not the only people he's talking about here. All right, so now we are into Isaiah 62. Anything else you want to throw out? I love the imagery of this of this nope. chapter. Go ahead. Okay. I have watchmen for Israel. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch. Nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name, which Adonai's mouth will bestow. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of Adonai and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will you be termed forsaken, no longer your land termed desolate. Instead, you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land will be called married. For Adonai delights in you, and your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, so your God will rejoice over you. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen, all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You who remain, remind Adonai, take no rest for yourselves, and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Adonai has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm, surely I will never again. Give your grain as food for your enemies. Nor will foreigners drink your new wine, for which you have labored. But those who have garnered it will eat it. And praise Adonai. And those who have gathered it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a banner over the people's. Behold, Adonai has proclaimed to the end of the earth, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. See, his reward is with him, and he and his recompense before him. Then they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of Adonai. And you will be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. So do you think, is that... Is that like about Jesus or is that about like the millennial kingdom? Um, It is definitely one of those two for ones where you have a lot of prophecies can be a double meaning, a double layer in there. 
And this is the establishment of Jerusalem being brought back to restoration. So this is about the second coming of Messiah, according to my reading. Okay, that's kind of what I thought too. Because this is proclaimed to the ends of the earth right now. Israel is not seen as this. So that's how we know it wasn't with the first coming of Jesus. People aren't building up banners and saying, hey, check out Israel, look awesome. Right, that's so, kind of what I thought that, too. That's where I'm kind of going with. Okay. All right, you are in Matthew, let's see here. Ten, nine and ten. Nine and ten. Matthew nine and ten. Join us, y'all. Get to your Matthew. <clears throat> Healing back. and forgiving a paralytic. After getting into a boat, he crossed to the other side and came to his own town, which would be Capernaum, right? Yeah. I've been there. Just then, some it's really pretty. Just then, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Then some of the experts in the law said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he said, Why do you respond with evil in your hearts? What is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Stand up and take your stretcher and go home. For he stood up and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and honored God, who had given much authority to men. The call of Matthew and eating with sinners. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, he said to him. So he got up and followed him. As Jesus was having a meal in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are healthy don't need a physician, but those who are sick do. Go and learn from what this saying means. I want mercy and not sacrifice. And that is from... We saw, where is that from? We saw that. Samuel. I think it's actually... Is it it's in a couple different places, I think. I have. Okay, wait a minute. I got it. Hosea. Hosea 6.6. 6, yep. And Micah 6.6-8. 6 through 8. Yeah, we just read that recently. Yeah. <clears throat> for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, the superiority of the new. Then John's disciples came to Jesus and asked, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot mourn while the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days are coming when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, because the patch will pull away from the garment and the, the tear will be worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins mm -hmm. burst and the wine is spilled out and the skins are destroyed. Instead, they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Restoration mm -hmm. and healing. As he was saying these things, a leader came, bowed down before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. But a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And that was actually, when we read this, it's actually like the tassels. And seat, seat. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't like, we hear, uh, you know, the hem of his garment, we think it's like down by his feet. Yeah. Or like his, his tunic. Yeah. But it was actually a, a garment that identified um, yeah. his authority. For he kept saying, she kept saying to herself, if only I can touch his cloak, I will be healed. But when Jesus turned and saw her, he said, have courage, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed from that hour. When Jesus entered the leader's house and saw the flute 
players and the disorderly crowd, he said, go away for the girl is not dead, but asleep. And they began making fun of him. But when the crowd had been forced outside, he went in and gently took her by the hand and the girl got up and the news of this spread throughout that region. Healing the blind mute. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men began to follow him, shouting, have mercy on us, son of David. When he went into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were open. Then Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout all the entire region. As they were going away, a man who was demon-possessed and unable to speak was brought to him. After the demon was cast out, the man who had been mute began to speak. The crowds were amazed and said, Never has anything like this been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, By the ruler of demons he cast out demons. Workers for the harvest. Then Jesus went out throughout all the towns and villages, talking in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were bewildered and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest ready fields. Mm, Two things I just want to touch. Uh By the Pharisees, but the Pharisees are saying by the prince of demons, he drives out demons. They can't even rejoice that blind people can now see and demonic people are now saved. Yeah. Their hearts are so hardened. It's not even, hey, I heard from this guy that this guy over there was doing this thing. These guys yeah. are seeing it. Yeah. And cannot, will not believe it. Yeah. That's a super, super hard heart. That's Pharaoh level. That just <clears throat> really hits me hard right there. That's yeah. all I wanted to share. Yeah. Um, let's see any notes while you're seeing that the other thing I want to touch on was at the end there in verse 37 the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest if you are hearing my voice I would encourage you twofold number one pray what Jesus said to pray pray that the Lord would send workers into the fields of the cities you live in We live in the Dallas Metroplex, and our church is going into the fields. We're actually monthly knocking on doors, and daily we're seeing people come to Christ. Um, People are hungry for salvation. I know we have our human nature that tells us not to do this, that it's embarrassing, that it's hard to do. People will reject us and hate us or whatever else. Jesus is asking us to pray to be sent out. So would you at least, listener of the podcast, would you at least do that much? Would you at least pray for workers to go into the field and preach the gospel that will bring salvation to them? That's all I got to say. Chapter 10? Okay. Oh, you got notes? Nope. Okay. I'm sending <clears throat> out the 12 apostles. Oh, that's my favorite. <clears throat> I love Jesus called the t- his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits so they could cast them out and heal every kind of disease and sickness. Now, these are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, 
Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve, instructing them as follows, Do not go on a road that leads to Gentile regions, and do not enter any Samaritan town. Go instead to the last, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not take gold, silver, or copper in your belts. No bag for the journey, or an extra tunic, or sandals, or staff, for the worker deserves his provisions. Wherever you enter a town or village, find out who is worthy there, and stay with them until you leave. As you enter the house, greet those within it, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come on it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or that town. I tell you the truth. It will be more bearable for the region of Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that town. Hmm. Uh, persecution of disciples. I'm sending you out like sheep surrounded by wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of people because they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be brought before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them and to the Gentiles. Whenever they hand you over for trial, do not worry about how to speak or what to say. For what you should say will be given to you at that time. For it, will, it is not you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Whenever they persecute you in one town, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not greater than his teacher, nor a slave greater than his master. Is it enough for the disciple to become like his teacher and the slave like his master? If they have called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much worse will they call the members of his household? Fear God, not man. Do not be afraid of them, for nothing is hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing is secret that will not be made known. What I say to you in the dark, tell my light. And what is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Indeed, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? That's where Penny Pit Sparrow came from. Oh my gosh, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Even all the hairs on your head are numbered. So do not be afraid. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Whoever then acknowledges me before my people, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will deny him also before my Father in heaven. Not peace, but a sword. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a mother's enemies will be the members of his household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Rewards. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever receives a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, I tell you the truth, he will never lose his reward. Love the chapter 10. Mm -hmm. So much to it. It feels to me like it's a fire hydrant. 
It really does. Yeah. I got. I want to try something a little bit different. It what? just really struck me. Maybe a pastor read it this way once when I was a kid or something. But I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go into nine. I'm not even gonna stop because in the Hebrew and in Greek, there's no chapters and verses. It's just writing. Let me do this. I'm going to go up to 9. I'm going to start in verse 30, 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send out workers into his field. Yeshua summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over every unclean spirit so he could drive, so they could drive them out and heal every kind of disease and sickness. Now there were the names of the 12 disciples, and then he names them. Yeshua sent them out, these twelve, and ordered them, Do not go to the Gentiles, and do not go into any Samaritan town, but go instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was just reading a plain text. So often in our sermons, and in our own reading plans, we'll stop at the end of nine. And then we'll do ten totally separately in thought. I don't know... If that's exactly how it went down. If, I don't know if there was a time gap between the end of chapter 9, verse 38 and beginning of 10.1. I don't know. Perhaps somebody much smarter than me knows. But I don't think it's coincidence that Matthew writes in such a way that Jesus is asking for those to go into the field and work the harvest. And then the very next thing He's sending the 12 into the field to work the harvest. Uh-huh. It makes kind of perfect sense. Okay. For whatever reason, that's always escaped me. I've just always stopped at nine, saw 10, and there was a break in my, my, hope, my logic. That's all. It just really hit me someday as you were reading it. Okay. So, there's my aha moment. Um, I have a little note on... Um, 10, when he talks about not to bring an extra tunic or sandals or staff, um, the point of the, the prohibitions seemed to be not so much urgency as total dependence on God. Lack of a staff in particular would leave the traveler extremely vulnerable to wild animals and robbers. Mm -hmm. No weapon. Yeah. It's an act of faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and staying with disciples to stay in one house contrasts with the practice of religious philosophers in the ancient world who went from house to house begging. Staying in one location would give the disciples a base of operations for mission in the area as long as they were there. And we actually see so Paul wanted, doing that. He wanted them to be different, like set apart. When then. we get into Acts, we'll see Paul does that. Yep. Sets up in one house. I really love Chapter 10 of Matthew. It's fantastic. Um, and I heard, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's Tim Keller, about um, when he says it'd be more bearable for the region of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Um, and he said that, and I'm going to paraphrase this terribly. That's okay. That um, it's worse to like know about the truth and kind of kind of believe it and kind of be... Like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and like basically lukewarm. Mm-hmm. That's worse. Men have no knowledge. Then, no, like Sodom and Gomorrah, um, 
and I'm paraphrasing it so bad. Like, they totally rejected the truth. Okay, they didn't play the middle. Yeah, but some of them didn't even know. Yeah. Right? They never even heard about it. Sure. And, like, you actually have Jesus there, you know, and have the disciples, the apostles, and you're having this brought to you, Mm -hmm. and you're rejecting it. It's his hometown. Yeah. They're rejecting him. They're rejecting what he's doing. Yeah. You know, this is... Uh, we'll see in other Gospels where he's talking Tyre and Sidon. You know, you could only do a few miracles Capernaum, Tyre and Sidon. And he's like, you guys are going to do worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah in a yeah. time of judgment. Because you're rejecting yes, you're grace. Yes, openly rejected. So for those who in today, who live today, whether it's in America or another country, especially in the Western world where the Gospel um, has been preached for centuries, uh, and you re- openly reject you redefine Jesus, all this stuff, you are in that same boat. You're in that same boat. You're in Capernaum. You will be handled accordingly because you're rejecting openly the yeah. God who made you. It's kind of heavy. Hugely heavy. I like the reading. Do you like the plan? I do. It's going to be good. And that was a double. It was a double. So we'll stick to, uh, we're, we're up to where we should be. And we're going to go ahead and be reading uh, on our own. We'll put out, we'll try to keep our two a week going. Um, So when we come back together in a couple of days, let's see, this is Tuesday. So we'll try to do, we'll be on um, Joshua chapter 5 and Psalm 132 and Isaiah 65 and Matthew 13. That's when we come back on our next podcast. Okay. Sounds good. Yes. We love you guys. I'm Mark. I'm the guy. I'm Andrea and the bride. We just got done reading the Bible. Happy New Year.